Another day and another mystery podcast. I'm novelist Sherry Todd Bashore. Albert Einstein was fascinated by dreams and studied time as science. With the two suspense thrillers I'm featuring now, I delve into both dreams and time. Today is Dreamgate Grabbing Air, Chapter 3. No one ate any of the tuna sandwiches or drank any of the iced tea. Olivia didn't remember hearing anything else her father said after the word skeleton. She felt like she was underwater with all sound muffled around her. Police arrived in two patrol cars and one unmarked cruiser. All three vehicles appeared with sirens squealing and lights flashing, just as Colin finished breaking news of their discovery to Phoebe. A longtime friend of Aunt Nora's had been the only customer in the store when three police officers hurried through the front door. The first two uniformed officers had their handguns ready. Shaken, Phoebe blurted, My uncle told you the skeleton was dead, right? Colin wrapped both arms around Phoebe. The plainclothes officer dressed in a long-sleeved blue cotton shirt and gray wool slacks motioned to the uniformed officers. It's okay. Brian, secure the storefront door. Casey, check the back alley entrance. I'm Detective Peter Finley. He presented his identification, then checked the 911 message forward to his phone. Are you the Greg Jemison who called in the sighting? He looked at Colin, who kept a firm hold on Phoebe. I'm Colin Michaels, Detective, but I was with Mr. Jamison when the skeleton was found. Detective Finley added Colin Michaels' name to his notes. And you, miss? Phoebe had stopped shaking enough to appreciate the fine-looking visual assets of the third responding officer. I'm Phoebe Jamison. Greg Jamison is my uncle. Were you present when the human remains were discovered? No, Phoebe shook her head. I was down here with customers. She looked up at Colin. Was Olivia in the den with you and Uncle Greg? No. The detective frowned. Olivia? Olivia Jamison is my cousin. Phoebe suddenly felt exhausted. My Uncle Greg is her father. And she was where when you and Mr. Jamison found the skeleton? There's a complete apartment on the second floor upstairs. Colin explained. I think Olivia was in the kitchen making sandwiches for us. And you, ma'am? Detective Finley turned to the family friend, who had remained mute and as invisible as she possibly could at the far end of the counter. I'm Bonnie Holt, an old friend of Phoebe's late aunt. I was down here in the store with Phoebe. Do you believe the remains upstairs to be that of your aunt? Detective Finley switched his attention back to Colin and Phoebe, who stood beside the till. Phoebe shook her head. My Aunt Nora died this past June, Detective. Her remains are buried in the new section of Grandview Cemetery. The guy we found, Colin interrupted, at least we think it was a guy, has been in a space behind a bookcase for quite some time. Two vans stopped on the street in front of Satin and Silk. The Larimer County Medical Examiner walked into the store, followed by a crime scene forensics team. Through the wide front window, Colin and Phoebe realized that a crowd of several dozen people had already gathered. Detective Finley addressed Bonnie Holt. All I need from you, ma'am, is your address and phone number, then you may leave any time you like. Bonnie Holt gave the officer her card, then reached across the glass counter to Phoebe. I'm happy to stay if you like me to, dear. Okay, yeah, maybe for a little longer. Colin led Detective Finley the M.E. and the C.S. team to the stairs. 
Mrs. Holt walked with Phoebe to the rear dressing room area to sit in the chairs away from the crowded curiosity in the front street. In the second floor sitting room at the top of the stairs, Greg Jameson sat beside his daughter holding her hand. Olivia struggled to process this implausible incident that immediately spun their reasonably well-ordered lives out of their control. Movement in the room caught her attention, and her father took her elbow to help her stand. When she stood, the first face she saw was that of Peter Finley. Immediately, Olivia felt a shift, but more than that, she immediately felt safe. She saw compassion and confidence in his deep brown eyes. He was about the same height as her father, five nine, but with broader shoulders. His close-cut sandy brown hair hinted that it might have been completely blonde as a young boy. Colin made introductions. Detective, this is Greg Jameson and his daughter Olivia. The detective extended his right hand to Mr. Jameson, then to Olivia. She looked pale, and the hand he held was cold. You might sit down again, Miss Jameson. I'm Detective Peter Finley, and this is Dr. George Parson, Larimer County Medical Examiner. Carolyn Blanco and Juan Pandorero are two of our crime scene techs. Mr. Jameson, Detective Finley checked the time on his phone. I realize the remains you found are not that of a recently deceased. However, your call has created a new suspicious death case, so we're going to treat the scene as current. Greg Jameson nodded. I understand. This way, then. Fifteen feet down the hall, the entire group of six crowded between the double French doors of the apartment's den. The wall of the bookcase had originally been built in three sections. The far left section was removed with a two-by-two-foot hole cut into the plaster wall. Greg Jameson took a large flashlight from his toolbox, then handed it to the detective. Finley shone the light in through the darkened hole, carefully fanning it from left to right, then up and down, to get a sense of the entire space. It was narrow, no larger than a typical bedroom closet. Then he rested the round band of light on the remains for a full minute. The skeleton was in a sitting position, fully clothed. Though covered in dust, the detective could see a double-breasted brown pinstripe suit, complete with brown felt hat and lace-up leather shoes. The style of the skeleton's brown suit reminded the detective of photographs of his grandfather, the suit he wore for Sundays, weddings, and other special occasions, like the christening of Peter's father in 1944. Detective Findlay backed away from the opening and passed the flashlight to the M.E. This ends Chapter 3 for Dreamgate Grabbing Air. The rest of the book, if you're intrigued by what's happened so far, is available either on Amazon or actually any bookseller. My website, patchworkpublishing.com, features all of my books. Now for a little hint of the sequel, Dreamgate, Grabbing Time. Olivia Jameson's dreams have returned. After the resolution of the first case, Olivia thought the dreams that left clues to that mystery were fluke events. But soon, the gate presented Olivia with clues that swiftly shifted from one suspicious activity in a small Latvian bank to escalating global financial destabilization. Bitcoin, what is it? Conceived of this that cannot be seen or touched or measured by any other standard than by its maker. Was the Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency developed by one person or a group? and was the true ultimate goal of an invisible financial exchange created for money laundering or a means to hide corporate profits or for triple entry accounting for all three or for something else.